We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Strong by Design podcast. I'm your host for today's show, Tanya Fines, and joining me today is Jen Stevens. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hi, I'm glad to be here with you. So glad to have you here with us and glad that you could make time out of your busy schedule. Now, I'm going to let you get to it, but first I want to—I just want to mention a few things for our viewers, or uh, sorry, our listening audience. Um, if you haven't heard of Jen Stevens, I'm kind of wondering where you've been, especially with uh, <laughs> Intermittent fasting being such a, I mean, I think it's been a topic for a while, but it seems to be really, really, you know, trending right now. And um, Jen is joining, well, she lives in Augusta, Florida, Georgia. So that's where you're joining us from today? Yes. Okay, excellent. And you, she's been following the intermittent fasting lifestyle since 2014. So this lady knows all the ins and outs about intermittent fasting and how to make it work for you. She has a Doctor of Education degree in Gifted and Talented Education from North Central University. You got that in 2009. And a Master's degree in Natural Sciences from the University of South Carolina. Um, you've also, you also taught elementary school for 28 years before retiring to focus on intermittent fasting full time. Yep. And she is an, um, an Amazon number one uh, selling author with Delay, Don't Deny. Feast Without Fear, and I think uh, Fast, Feast, and Repeat, is that the most recent? It is. That's the New York Times bestseller, which is very exciting. That is very exciting. So I think uh, we're going to just jump right into it. So again, welcome to the show, Jen. Perfect. Well, thank you. So tell us, how did you... How did you go from being a teacher to doing this? Like, what well, got you, you know, here? I'm still a teacher, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm no longer in the elementary classroom, but I'm now teaching people about intermittent fasting. And, you know, I didn't really ever dream that I would be doing this, right? I, I right. knew I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was little. You know, when you're little and they say, what are you going to be when you grow up? It was teacher. And, you know, I started teaching dance at my mom's dance school when I was maybe 12. I had a little class that she let me teach, little little tap dancers or <laughs> and so, you know, I went off to college, majored in elementary education. That was it. But along the way, and probably, you know, it didn't hurt that my mom was a dance teacher. You know, I got started with the whole idea of dieting, right? My mom was always on a diet or off a diet or thinking about being on a diet or saying she should be on a diet. So I just grew up thinking that's just what you did. Right. You criticized your body and you thought about <laughs> when you were going to be on a diet. Right. So, you know, when I went off to college, I gained the freshman 15 and started there there was my my first you know foray into dieting was calorie counting i'm sure a lot of people had the same introduction i didn't know what to do i didn't really know but i was like all right i guess you count calories so i started there and you know i was on that diet roller coaster from Mm -hmm. you know college which was that was the um the spring of 1987 when i finished my freshman year of college until you know really 2014 when i when i really embraced intermittent fasting as a lifestyle i had a lot of yo-yos up and down 
and was constantly searching for a way that I could live so that I wouldn't have to be obsessed with, is it time to eat? What am I going to eat? Do I need to count this? What should I be eating? What should I not be eating? And thankfully, intermittent fasting helped me to lose over 80 pounds that I've been maintaining now since 2015, which means, you know, I've been maintaining my weight for over six years, which is really exciting. It's exciting. (laughs) And it's something that I think um, people do need to hear more stories like that because so many people struggle with the yo-yo. They're going from one diet to the next and nothing's working. So they're, I call it diet shopping. Well, every diet I did, well, for the most part, most diets I did, you know, quote, worked and I could lose weight. It was the maintaining that was impossible. Right. Right. And that's, I think, where people, I don't know, agree or disagree. But um, the comment I want to make or a question I want to ask is it seems like, you know, and I've said this before, like you can go on a diet and lose weight. That's great. So as far as weight loss, it's you can say that diet worked for me. But then how real is it? How realistic is it as far as the parameters of this diet? What does it allow for that once you hit that goal weight to actually have a lifestyle that you can sustain it and actually be happy? Right. You know, I lost weight a whole bunch of ways, but (laughs) over the years that I, the decades really that I was struggling with it, but it wasn't until intermittent fasting that it became something that I could, I could maintain long-term. And that's what got me started supporting other people. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, by that time, I, you know, Facebook was a thing and I was in Facebook support communities that really helped me, you know, stick with what I was doing and get to my goal. So when I, when I got to my goal in 2015, I thought, you know, I'd like to start a community just for me and my friends. Where we can talk, you know, I had people in college asking me about it, people that I taught with, you know, currently at the time, other friends. And I'm like, you know, people I'd met on the Internet. I'm like, let's just have a safe space just for us. And so I started my first um online intermittent fasting support group, August of 2015. And that's where I really got started mentoring other people. It was just me and my friends, but then it suddenly grew. People were finding it. And um, this is way back in 2015 when there wasn't a lot of buzz really about intermittent fasting. There's a lot of really bad info, not a lot of books out there. So, you know, that turned into me writing this really long pinned post for people who joined the group. I'm like, here's what we believe in our group. And it got longer and longer and longer. And then finally, I realized, you know, people keep asking, what should I read? How do I understand this further? And that's when I wrote my first book. 2016, I wrote Delayed on Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle, because there was no book out at the time that had the information that I had been compiling. Because remember, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a doctorate by this point in, in, the, in, the, in the story. I'd already you know, written a dissertation. I knew how to research. I knew how to find information. So I thought, I need to take all this information that I'm finding and put it in one place. So when people are like, how do I start? I'm like, just read this book. Right. And then come back to me when you have questions after you read the book again. Again, I'm a teacher. So, you know, that that's why I wrote the book and that's why I started the communities. And that's why I think I'm in a great place to mentor other people, because as a teacher, I'm trained to gather information and then deliver content. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing. No, it, you it, makes you, it makes you the perfect <laughs> platform person to do this. So, when it comes to um, like intermittent fasting, because I, you know, I agree there ha- there really wasn't a lot of great information at the beginning. It was kind of like we heard about it, kind of right. had an idea what it was, but it was sort of I think there was this oh, this very generalized idea of like, well, you don't eat for a really long period of time, and then you can eat again. Yeah, and. It it that that of course creates um, an arena for lots of misinformation to be put and nurtured and to grow. And so even to this day, there's still um, there's still 
I think it's better, but there's considerable misinformation and people don't really understand the mechanics or their, what I've heard, um, my experience is that I hear people say, well, I, I, I like what I'm hearing about it, but then what happens, like, again, they feel like they're going to get stuck in it and then they don't know what to do. Like, right. how do I live? How do I grow? How do I keep, you know? So can you kind of, I'm going to back up there a bit, but can you talk a little bit about what exactly is intermittent fasting? All right, I will. And I'm going to go back in time again and back to the beginning when we were all so confused. And it was because we were all approaching intermittent fasting from the paradigm of calories in, calories out, and that intermittent fasting only works because you're eating fewer calories because you have an eating window and you're eating in a shorter period of time. That is really what we all thought mm-hmm. in the early days. And so all advice was given. You read early books and early information. The only thing we're thinking about is, well, you're doing intermittent fasting, you're eating in, let's say, a five-hour window every day and or an eight hour window or whatever and because you're eating in a shorter amount of time you're going to eat fewer calories and you're going to lose the weight because that's how it works so while you're fasting you know you can have anything you want zero zero calories diet cokes whatever even if you have a little bit of something it probably won't matter because it's just calories in calories out that's what we thought. That is not true. Okay. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until I read The Obesity Code, written by Dr. Jason Fung, and it came out in March of 2016 before my own book came out. Um, I hadn't written my book yet. I'd started loosely, you know, outlining some things, but I really hadn't started writing it. But thank goodness, because it would have been all wrong if I had written it prior to. <laughs> when I read The Obesity Code, though, so many light bulb moments. Mm. And, and the thing that really, you know... Um, was just you know life changing for me was the whole discussion that Dr. Jason Fung has in there about the relationship between insulin and fat loss or fat gain mm-hmm. and what's happening in our body. So he explained about insulin. When we have high levels of insulin, um, our bodies can't tap into our stored fat effectively, but we're in storage mode. I mean, we'd been hearing that through the low carb community, you know, about getting your insulin down so you can, you know, so you're right. in ketosis and you're tapping yeah. into fat. But he made the connection in the obesity code through other things like the cephalic phase insulin response that even with a zero calorie beverage, like I remember reading a sentence he had in the obesity code that said that stevia, which is zero calorie and it's quote all natural, actually caused a higher insulin response or a greater insulin response than table sugar. Mm. And when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, you know, that that just blowing my mind that because I'd always just thought, well, zero calories, what does it matter? So um, he explained in there that we really needed to get our insulin down. You know, he talked Mm -hmm. about how as a a medical doctor, I think he says, you know, his quote is something like I can make anyone fat by giving them enough insulin. Right. And that's that's what what they noticed. And so, you know, if we have lower insulin, we're able to tap into our fat stores. So once we, we realized that. And once we realize that just a sweet taste or if you're you know, taking something in that your brain thinks is food, you're going to have your cephalic phase insulin response. Insulin is released. You're not going to tap into your fat stores effectively. Mm-hmm. You're going to be hungry. And so that was where the idea for the clean fast really began. Um and so my own approach to intermittent fasting called the clean fast. And in my intermittent fasting support groups, we started using that lingo. And so we realized the clean fast made all the difference. Hmm. Okay. So explain the clean fast. 
All right. So we, we just talked about insulin, wanting to keep our insulin low. So when we're in the fasted state, there are three fasting goals. And I have these explained in detail in Fast, Feast, Repeat, which is my book that came out in 2020. So the, the first fasting goal is to keep our insulin low. So we can tap into our fat stores effectively. Um, and we don't want to be in storage mode. We want to be in fat burning mode. And so you don't want to take in anything that your brain thinks is going to have calories so if it tastes like food or if it tastes sweet Mm -hmm. then then your brain's like oh here it comes because in nature everything that was sweet was something like sugar or honey or fruit and so Mm -hmm. our, our body knew that we were about to have a glucose load coming in so we needed more insulin to manage that that's how it works behind the scenes we don't we can't control it it just happens in the brain so we don't want to take in anything that's sweet or has a food like flavor so um, our second fasting goal is we want in, we want to tap into our stored fat for fuel. Okay. So we avoid taking in any sources of fat during the, the fast. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to take, you know, to put butter in our coffee, for example. Right. You know, because there's a train of thought out there. Well, if you put MCT oil or butter in your coffee, it's not going to create an insulin response. Um, although that may or may not be true it's a smaller insulin response than say you know a diet coke or (laughs) an actual coke but you're still going to have some sort of anticipatory you know response going on in your body but if we want to tap into our stored fat for fuel we don't want to be taking in sources of energy you also don't want to take in you know like exogenous ketones although i don't i haven't really heard much of that lately people that was all the rage for a while everybody's Mm -hmm. like can i drink ketones we're like no please don't (laughs) let your body make them for free (laughs) from your own stored body fat. So our third fasting goal is we want to have increased autophagy. Autophagy is our body's amazing self-cleaning mechanism. And again, we had not heard that word. In the early days of intermittent fasting, we didn't know what that was. And then suddenly in 2016, the Nobel Prize for Medicine was awarded based on the... um, the concept of autophagy, our body's self-cleaning mechanism, it's kind of like, you know, our, our recycling and upcycling system. Our body can work on old junky things like old junky proteins and recycle them if there's nothing coming in. So in order to make sure that we're experiencing increased autophagy, we want to invo- avoid taking in any sources of protein during the fast. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't eat a cheeseburger and think you're fasting. But for some reason, people think, you know, I'm going to drink some bone broth and that must be fasting because it's so low calorie well it's also packed full of protein so you don't want to take in anything like that so to stick to the clean fast stick to plain water nothing added for flavor just plain water (laughs) or black coffee or plain tea don't add any you know lemon slices or fruity things or um, creamers or anything like that you know even if it's you know nut creamer even if don't add anything like that you just want it to be black coffee plain tea also avoid the fancy herbal teas that have food flavor like apple cinnamon delight your brain's going to be like oh this is delicious and so it's going to have that oh food's coming in kind of response the reason that um, black coffee and plain tea are okay and we avoid all other flavors is because a bitter flavor profile is not associated with an insulin response our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message. And please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. 
go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. When somebody uh, comes to you and says like, okay, so I want to start, I want to try this out. Right. What is your like coaching strategy? What do you tell them like in terms of, okay, so here's what, here's where you start. Here's what you need to do. This is how this gets going. What? That's a great you, question. Yeah. In, in my book, Fast Feast Repeat, I have an important chapter in there um, called the 28 Day Fast Start. And it's, it's a basically in the chapter, there's a quiz that lets you decide which approach might be best for you. You know, you can start off very slowly and ease your way in. That's right for some people in there. There's a more you know, in the middle kind of approach. And then there's a rip off the bandaid approach. But it's right. really important to know which kind of person you are. You know, if you start off, think about it like couch to 5K, right? If someone wants to become a right. runner or like if someone's goal is to run a marathon, you don't start off one day you're sitting on on the couch the next day you run a marathon the same thing with fasting you need to ease your way in and a, a couch to 5k kind of program will get you started and then maybe later you'll be ready to run a marathon right so when it comes to fasting you want to ease your way in as well you know an eight hour window is is a great place for a lot of people to start it may not be a weight loss window for a lot of people i'm not going to say it is not a weight loss window because it certainly is for right. it just depends on so many factors like how you structure your eight hour window what you eat in your eight hour window right Mm -hmm. but an eight hour window is a really great place to start during the adjustment period Um, for me my weight loss sweet spot was a five hour eating window okay that worked really well for me but you know I also caution people not to expect weight loss as your body is adjusting to intermittent fasting you know on day one you're not going to be skilled at tapping into fat stores for fuel Mm-hmm. So you're going to have, you know, some hangriness. It's going to be hard. Yeah. If you're fasting clean, your body will adjust. And, um, you know, you might feel great for a while, then hit the wall as your body's making, you know, flipping that metabolic switch to fat burning. But I don't want people to expect weight loss mm-hmm. for the first month. Okay. And that's just because your body is making a lot of important mm-hmm. You know, transitions behind the scenes. Right. And so, you know, people may find, for example, during the adjustment phase that they're overeating in their eating window, whether it's five hours or eight hours or whatever, your body's not well fueled during the fast yet because you're not yet skilled at tapping into stored fat. Mm-hmm. So your window opens and you're starving. And right. so you may start overeating. And then you're like, well, this intermittent fasting is no good. All I'm doing is binging. Well, that urge goes away once your body gets adapted. Then right. you, you experience something. Dr. Burt here had a wonderful book that came out. I think it came out, it, was, it might have been 2015, but his book is called, yeah, I think I think so, it's called Appetite Correction. And it explains the phenomenon that happens once you're adapted to intermittent fasting, your um, hunger and satiety signals get into balance and you stop the overeating and you get full sooner and you realize, oh, I've had enough. And you learn to, you know, basically you reconnect with those satiety signals that we were all born with. Mm-hmm. You know, as small babies, right. all small babies know when to stop eating. Right. <laughs> right. So it's still for people that are looking at this, there's no, I mean, there is, it isn't like there's some magic in now when you can eat, you just eat. Like it's still, you still have to be consciously aware of how much and portion sizes and, you know, your macros and all of that. It's not just this like freedom, like, okay, so you've done that, you're doing the fasting, you've got like the time frames, and now when, when it's time to eat, it's just like, 
the gate's wide open. Like that's right. not, because I think well, some people kind of, for, like they have they that do. illusion. <laughs> there was a book that came out in, I don't know, maybe 2012, 2013. And it was before, notice I started intermittent fasting in 2014 and it mm-hmm. stuck. But I dabbled in it for years before we understood what was going on. But the eight hour diet book came out before I was successful with intermittent fasting myself. And in that book, he said, eat all that you want, whatever you want within eight hours and you will lose weight. Well, I never did. That didn't work for me because that, you know, it's kind of like a challenge. Eat as much as you want in eight hours. Okay, sign me up for that. But I ate too much and I didn't lose weight. So, you know, in my first book, Delay, Don't Deny, if you just see the title, Delay, Don't Deny, yeah. and you don't read the book, you might think, oh, you don't have to deny. Well, when you actually read the book, you realize that is not, I did not say just go crazy in there. Right. Even in Delayed on Deny that I wrote in 2016, I talk about how if you overeat long term, mm. you will not lose weight. And the whole idea of not denying means, you know, if I want to eat a cookie, I can still have cookies. There's no food that's, you know, off limits. Right. It's not like, you know, here's your diet food list. You know, I still eat whatever foods I want to eat. Of course, the secret is what I want to eat changed over time. You know, the healthier I got, the better I felt, the more I realized whole foods made me feel better. You know, and and it's a cycle of the better you eat, the better you feel, the better you want to eat, the better you keep eating. And then it just you just feel better and better over time. That happens almost universally with intermittent fasting, by the way, because we reconnect with our satiety signals. But we also reconnect with, you know, the idea of of eating for nutrients, like our body Mm. suddenly starts craving, you know, spinach or something. And and we suddenly can hear it when you're when you're um, fasting. It helps a lot with that. So, yes, you will need to, you know, not overeat in order to actually lose weight. You know, a lot of people find that they can maintain with a certain eating window. And and if they want to lose weight, though, they have to be a little bit more mindful for the weight loss phase. I talk about that a lot more in Fast Feast Repeat because, you know, I realized what people needed to hear. The teacher in me said, all right, they need a few more lessons about that. So (laughs) the entire middle section of the book is called Feast. It's a three-part book. But in Feast, we talk about choosing foods that work well for your body. You know, there's not one thing that I enjoy eating that I won't eat. Mm Mm-hmm even now but I'm a lot more mindful of it right. and you know I, I you learn to stop when satisfied versus overeating right that awareness kind of clicks in it or, does or, or you, you become aware of needing awareness right and it doesn't feel good to overeat you know I just took a trip with a, a friend of mine who lives in Nashville I went to stay with her for four days and we um we are both intermittent fasters but I still you know ate more food <laughs> than my body liked because it was yeah. amazing delicious food and yeah. got back home yesterday and today I'm having a, a longer fast because I feel I'm still full I'm not like punishing myself with a longer fast and by longer fast I mean I'll just fast till dinner time tonight okay and then I'll open my window and I'll eat a delicious meal and I'll probably be satisfied (laughs) from that just because I was so full from the trip um so when I when I hear you talk like I'm kind of hearing two like two sides to this because I'm Uh I'm sure there's like there's um my experience has been a lot of people looking at intermittent, intermittent fasting are looking at it as a means to lose weight. They're looking at it strictly as a diet for the purpose of losing weight. Right. But as I hear you talk, I'm also hearing there's this other side of it as like a lifestyle and just feeling well and it fuels my body. And, you know, you clearly you can, you know, it hasn't affected like you're still writing books, you're active, you know, you're doing things. So um, in terms of like uh, intermittent fasting for diet purposes versus lifestyle like talk about that a little bit because is it 
uh, for people that you know that that have done it and are still doing it, did they get into that? That was it the start was the motivation to lose weight, and then it's like you know I actually feel really good right. doing this, and it's not that difficult anymore. Well, you know. Most of us started it with the idea for losing weight, right? right. We, you know, we came for the the weight loss, but we stuck around for the health benefits. Okay. And and before I talk about that more, I do want to say that technically intermittent fasting is not a diet, and that and because here's why: a diet is what you eat, right? Your diet is the what. Yes. Intermittent fasting is the when, so it would not meet the the, the qualifications of. A diet right. for that purpose, because you can use any, quote, diet that you prefer to eat, whether it's Mediterranean or Whole Foods or the standard American diet or ve- vegan. Any diet or dietary preference you have can work through the paradigm of intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is when. What is up to you? <laughs> and as far as that goes, though, um, we always saw people early on starting intermittent fasting. It was it was to lose weight, and then we stuck around for the health benefits, like I said. Then in um, 2019, something amazing happened, and that was right around December, I think, 24. 24- 4th of 2019, the New England, New England Journal of Medicine had a review article that talked about the amazing health benefits of intermittent fasting. And it was not, oh, here's how you lose weight article. It was a, here is intermittent fasting as an amazing way for people to live a healthy lifestyle. And it was written um, by Dr. Mark Matson, who is from John, Johns Hopkins, and he's one of the world's premier experts on the health benefits of intermittent fasting. He does neurological type research, so he came from it, you know, from that side. But there's people, you know, whether we're talking about cardiology or cancer or metabolic, you know, there's so many health benefits that come along with intermittent fasting. And so after that article came out, you know, in my in my online support groups, you know, we had people tell us why they were interested in intermittent fasting. And the answer we usually got was, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. All of a sudden, the answers were, I want to get healthy. I want to get healthy. And that was thrilling because, you know, intermittent fasting is the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. And that's really how I want people to think of it. You know, we've always been taught that you have to lose weight to get healthy, Right. Yeah. But I think it's the opposite. I think you have to get healthy to lose weight. So I think we've had it backwards all this time. And intermittent fasting will help you get healthy. Um, you know, hyperinsulinemia or having really high chronic levels of insulin all the time is very, very common. I read a paper, I actually have it linked in um, Fast Feast Repeat, that says that, you know, so many of modern lifestyle diseases or illnesses are related to chronic high levels of insulin. Mm-hmm. You know, insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, you know, and and, um, they even suggest that we're measuring the wrong thing by measuring A1C. We're actually on the the back end of the problem. If we measured fasted insulin levels, we would be able to correct the problem before it got to that point. Mm. So we, we really want to we want to think of intermittent fasting as a lifestyle that you do for health purposes. And then you can tweak it for the weight loss that you're looking for. But it's not something that you're going to start doing. And then you're like, all right, I'm good now. I'm going to go back to eating all day because you also won't want to. You know, right. Let me just tell you. One day we opened our window early. We, we um, ate around noon. 
And that day we had a longer eating window. And by the end of the day, I was like, I have had enough. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I don't ever want to not live an intermittent fasting lifestyle because I feel so good. You know, I have lower inflammation. I haven't needed allergy medication. Really? Um, Yes. I used to be like the kind of person I took, you know, daily allergy medication. And then during peak allergy season here in Augusta, Georgia, I also would take something else during the day, like a Benadryl. Like I took a like a like a allergy med every day, antihistamine plus Benadryl during peak allergy season. And I haven't had to take any allergy medicine since 2016. Like not any. I go through pollen season. And like if I touch pollen and rub my eye, my eye will itch. You know, I might have to put some eye drops in, (laughs) but I do not take any allergy, you know, antihistamine pills kind of a thing. And I haven't. And it's because I have lower inflammation. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. To help our show reach more listeners just like you, please let us know how we've changed your life. By leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes, go to strongbydesignpodcast.com. That's strongbydesignpodcast.com. Let's get back to the show. Talk a little more about these health benefits that people, that people are experiencing as a result of being on this intermittent fasting lifestyle plan? Well, it's so many. It, it's really, you know, all of those, all, if you look at modern lifestyle illnesses, mm-hmm. the, the things that have really gone crazy in the past yeah. few decades, they're related to, you know, the the new modern diet that we're eating, first of all, with all the ultra processed foods. Yeah. And we're also eating too frequently. Mm. So, you know, we don't need to eat and be snacking. You know, I remember back when I was overweight and I was obese, actually, I weighed 210 pounds at my heaviest. That's the heaviest I ever saw on the scale because I went periods of time where I wasn't weighing at all. But I was constantly, you know, eating or drinking something. Even when I wasn't eating, I had like a latte going on, right? I was always having something. Or if I wasn't having that, I was drinking a diet soda. Mm -hmm. So I had constant input. You know, and so right. that that gets you with the, the chronic high levels of insulin that are connected to so many so many things. The metabolic syndrome. You know, people have fatty liver disease. You know, it, affect, it, it just it affects our brains. You know, I talked about autophagy earlier and how that's where our body can really clean things up when we're in the fasted state. Mm-hmm. You know, think about it neurologically. You know, when some of uh, the things that are going on now, Alzheimer's, for example, yeah. our brain never has a chance to like get in there and do some house house cleaning. Yeah. Having high levels of insulin can really affect your brain and your brain performance as well. So to really get the best summary of all of the, um, the health benefits, find that December 24th, 2019, New England Journal of Medicine article. You can search for it, and it's for free. If you go to the New England Journal of Medicine website, anybody can sign up for a free account and find that article by um, Dr. Mark Matson and... Um, that you do have to put in your email address, but it's the New England Journal of Medicine. They're not going to spam you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can download the PDF and save it and go back to it. But it has a link to all the health benefits. So, you know, as I told you at the beginning, I'm a teacher. I'm not a medical professional, but I can teach you where to go and where to read it and, and what, you know, to find out about it for yourself. You know, I don't like making health claims personally because, of course, I'm not your doctor. Mm-hmm. But over the years in the communities that I've been in and, and 
and watching people heal themselves. You know, my podcast, Intermittent Fasting Stories, I have over 180 episodes recorded at this point. And a new episode comes out every Thursday. And it's just incredible to hear people talk about things like Crohn's disease and depression, fatty liver. I mean, you name it, you know, type 2 diabetes and just the improvement that they've seen. It's just astonishing. Yeah. Plantar fasciitis. I mean, you just name it. I mean, even crazy things that you would never even think. Like, I've heard multiple times that people have had really old C-section scars Mm -hmm. that just, like, practically disappeared. And I'm like, that that sounds made up. Right. <laughs> but enough people have said it right. that it's it's happening, you know, when, so when they're almost, fasting. Um, it almost sounds a little bit like whatever's sort of ailing you, whatever your, your things are, whether they're big things or just small, annoying things, that the lifestyle potentially can get you into a state of optimal health where this stuff seems to, because I've, I've always... I, I'm sure listeners are going to be getting sick and tired of hearing me say it because I think I say it in every podcast. But (laughs) to me, the human body is absolutely amazing. Right. It knows what to do if If we we do the right things, right? Yeah. um, For somebody that maybe has got some like chronic issues and just other things that are just there and they, you learn, you know, we learn to live with what becomes our normal. Right. um, That potentially this kind of life, this kind of eating, this, this lifestyle plan. Um, could potentially help people to either reduce or eliminate what some of these things are. Absolutely. It sounds like. Our bodies really are amazing. They're amazing. You know, I have a new book coming out January 4th. It's called Cleanish. I'm really excited about that. Oh, but it's not not an intermittent fasting book. It's about lowering our our toxic load overall. Um, but it's cleanish. There's the ish part on yeah. there because, you know, perfection is not required. It's eating mostly clean, living mainly clean, and unlocking our body's self-cleaning abilities. But we've right. got amazing self-cleaning abilities. Yes. But we've got to give our bodies time to do that. Yeah. Fasting is one way you can do that. But, you know, putting the right foods in actually mm-hmm. helps our body you know all those phytochemicals do a lot of things in our bodies yeah. and even things like sleep you know our glymphatic oh, yeah. system you know when we're when we're sleeping our brain actually has some self-cleaning that it does through yes. the glymphatic system and so if you're not getting sufficient sleep you're not having that good brain self-cleaning so our bodies really are incredible if we just don't put the bad stuff in as much as we can right. help it. Right. And, and let, it, let it do its job. Let you, it do you, its you're job. You're very quick to, um, when something's wrong, take something else or put something else in to try to fix it when, I mean, and granted, there's times that that's warranted. Granted, right. there's times that when something's really wrong, you have to be you have to be taking something or doing something to help the body make the correction. But right. um, it just seems to be the springboard thing like, oh, something's wrong. Boom. What can I take? What can I do? Right. You know, and, and it's amazing what it will do with time mm-hmm. when you when you're good to it. Exactly. To it really it really is amazing. And so, you know, we don't say that intermittent fasting is going to cure everything and it might not even help your specific condition. It depends on what it is. Right. But it might give your body time to focus on healing that it needs to do, but it can't because it's so busy processing, you know, all the the food you're putting in all the time, right? Think yeah. about it like this. If you had, you know, people coming over to your house 24 hours a day for a party that never ended, <laughs> you would never be able to clean up your house right you got to say all right everybody go home i need to clean up my house now right (laughs) your body needs to take that break as well yeah now i I have a question for you that's a little bit more specific 
Okay. Specifically towards women and specifically towards women kind of getting that 45, 50 and, and older, they starting mm -hmm. to get perimenopause uh, and then menopause. What can you tell us about any, um, like, what can you tell us about that? What are you hearing or what are you finding with the people that you're communicating with and teaching and working with as far as, because that that's sort of a, that's a demographic that I deal a lot with. Right. And this is a common question. Like, it's like, what about intermittent fasting? You know, they want to know, is keto going to work for them or is intermittent fasting going to work for them? And those seem to be the two that come up the most often with that demographic of women. Yeah, it's true. And that is such an interesting time. I just went through menopause. I'm 52. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You look like you're in your 30s. <laughs> see? She can see me. You, you Nobody else can see me but yeah. you, right? This oh, is not going to be a video. Looks like she looks like she's in her 30s. I swear. Well, I'm 52. Oh so okay. intermittent. I mean, seriously, it's intermittent fasting. So I'm on the other side of menopause. And, of course, I was not. When I started in 2014, I was just a normal yeah. cycling woman <laughs> in 2014. And gosh, how old was I? What, 45, something like that? <laughs> I got to do some math. But I, you know, I was starting to have, you know, I had prior to intermittent fasting, I had fibroids. So I had some mm -hmm. surgery there with that. And, you know, then as time went on, I was going through perimenopause and my cycles would be a little weird like they are for all people in perimenopause. Yeah. But then, um, I had the menopausal transition exactly on schedule. 51 is the average age, and that's when I did it. Right okay. there, I'm just good old average girl. Teacher, just <laughs> there we go. Check mark, average. <laughs> so, here, <laughs> so here I am on the other side. And, you know, I did have, you know, the, the symptoms that people have with the hot flashes, but it wasn't awful, and I went through it, and I didn't have, like, massive weight gain and stuff like that, you know. And I will say that now that I'm on the other side, Yes, I have different hormones now, and it's just, it's normal. And so my skin is different at 52 yeah. than it was at 50. Right. You know, I went, I lost all the weight, and my skin was tight. Thank you, autophagy. And, um, but now I'm starting to get just the, the, the menopause, a little bit, you know, as our, as we have less estrogen, less progesterone, we do have skin changes. So I just want to put that out there. <laughs> if you're on the other side of menopause, you have different skin than someone who has yeah. still got those hormones. I'm just going to tell you it's going to be different for you. <laughs> but as you're going through the transition, you know, that's that's a tricky question to answer because mm -hmm. I didn't need to lose weight because I was already, you know, at my right. goal weight. And I didn't gain weight, which is also, you know, awesome. But for someone who's going through the menopausal transition and hoping to lose weight, you might not. So I, I want I want to explain yeah. this. Most women going through menopause gain weight. Mm -hmm. Just most women. Yeah. I mean, this is not new information. Right. We, know, we know that most we women do. Yeah. We know that most women do. So if you have not ever done intermittent fasting... And now you're going through the menopausal transition. Maybe the only thing that happens for you right now is you feel better and you don't gain weight. Right. But that is still a win. It is still a win. For a right? lot of women, that would, you know, that's a win. To you know, not if, you, gain. if you were going to gain 15 pounds over the transition and instead you gain zero, yeah, that is a win. win. It's a win. So I am not going to promise that if you're going through menopause that you're going to have amazing weight loss also with intermittent fasting. You may need to wait until the end of your menopausal transition and then do some tweaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our bodies also change a lot in, in many other ways. Like as, as I've gone through menopause, I realize my body doesn't process alcohol as well as it used to. Mm. 
just a fact. I used to drink wine every day and slept just fine. And then on the other side of menopause, wine affects my sleep more. I heard that from a lot of other women when I started talking about it. Right. Other women said, yeah, that happened to me, too, at the during menopause. I no longer could tolerate wine the same way. Right. So it's just a matter of listening to your body and realizing that you do have a different body after menopause than you Mm -hmm. had before. Mm -hmm. And you have to acknowledge it and not not be mad at your body. Yeah. But except that, you know, your grandmama was a little fluffier after she went through (laughs) menopause than she was before. Right. (laughs) It's biology. And we can work with our biology, but we can't really fight it. Yes. We have to accept it. And then work with the body we have mm-hmm. at whatever stage we're in. Right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. And I think that's, well, I think whether we're talking intermittent fasting or whatever, you know, women going through that that transition want to do, it's just, you, you, you just, it, it, embracing it is going to make that transition a lot easier on you mentally and emotionally. Because right. Because you can't stop what's happening. You can't change it, but you can work with it and have a right. much better experience. You have to work with the body you've got. And, you know, the body I have now is not the same as the body I had five years ago. It's not the same as the body I had 20 years ago. And so, you know, what what worked for me 2014, 2015, would that have worked for me equally if I started doing it at the age of 52? (laughs) You know, if I was 210 pounds today and did exactly what I did back in 2014, would it work the same way? I, I don't know. Right. Right. Because that was the body I had then. So. (laughs) I I like the answer. Thank you. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, like, you talked about the clean fasting and you Mm -hmm. talked about how, like, that, you know, that uh, satiety and probably what you begin to crave or want to eat changes. But is there, like, for somebody that's listening and thinking, you know what, this actually sounds like something that. Because it sounds like it can work in just about almost any lifestyle. Like it, it, it can. It doesn't seem as like when you say your sweet spot is five hours, somebody else's might be different. I think right. anybody listening that sort of thought that there's this very regimented like 16 hours and then you right. can eat or, you know, all of that stuff. So now people might be going, okay, there is some it's flexibility. It's so flexible. Yeah, so it's flexible. flexible. So somebody that's sitting at home or in their car listening to this and going, you know what, I think I can, think, I think this might actually be something I can work with. What are, are there like better, like to get started, is there some foods that are like better to have on hand, like to kind of support that initial process of getting into it? Like you said, nothing's, you know, you're not denying anything. Right. And as you go through it, you're going to want to eat better and you tends to like, right. you, you feel better eating more whole foods. But is there sort of like sort of that group of like, these are some of the really good foods that you want to make sure you're including? One thing that I've learned over the years of researching in the diet space is that we're all different when it comes to what foods work best for our bodies. And that really was shocking to me when I finally learned that because I'd been used to, you know, reading a diet book that had like a cookie cutter approach, like we're all going to eat this way and this is what everyone should do. And those cookie cutter approaches, I mean, you know, you'd have one friend who did absolutely fabulously on that Ducan diet. I don't know if you remember that crazy Ducan diet. I do remember that, yes. Oh my God, that was the worst for me me ever it's like low fat 
and low carb and you're just eating protein I thought I was going to die but I'm like I think I did like one day of that and I'm like no I I hate the way I feel or maybe two days but I have a friend who did it and she felt amazing Mm. and lost a ton of weight and so you know you're like well how can that be well we're all different when it comes to what foods work for us and they're doing a lot of research and personalized nutrition and it turns out that you know some of it is our our genetics Mm -hmm. but an even larger amount has to do with our gut microbiome Mm. and and so, you know, the way that we like, for example, you know, the glycemic index, Yeah, we've all been taught that, you know, this is the glycemic index of white bread. This is the glycemic index of, I don't know, a banana. But actually, we all have individual glycemic responses. Okay. We didn't we didn't know that, but mm-hmm. we do. The glycemic index is based on an average of like 10 people and they test it and they're like, all right, here's the number. But yours might be really different than mine on any one food. So what really opened my eyes to that is um, I saw a TED Talk on YouTube. And I think if people Google it, search for it on YouTube, it's um, What is the Best Diet for Humans? Dr. Aaron Segal. His name is E-R-A-N, Dr. Aaron Segal. What is the Best Diet for Humans? Watch that. That's from maybe 2017. But when I watched that, I was like, What? You were all different, and it's 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 going to you know vary from person to person. And since then, I've gone a lot further with my understanding with that. Even taking part in um, you know the predict studies, Dr. Tim Spector from England is doing personalized nutrition work through something called the Zoe app. I have more information on JenStevens.com/Zoe if people want to read more about that. But you know, you do. Um, a gut microbiome sample. Yes, they sample your poop. (laughs) You wear wearing a continuous blood glucose monitor. It lets you know how you respond to to different foods. All that being said, that's why I can't give you a list of here are the best foods that you should eat when you start intermittent fasting. Because the list of foods that work best for me and make me feel satisfied and great might be the opposite of what works for you. So you need to learn what foods make you feel great after you eat them. And what foods do you not feel great after you eat them? I mean, no one is going to thrive on ultra processed foods because those are not food. You know, they're they're actually not that they're 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 energy sources and they're chemical sources, but they're not nutrients for your body. We need to put nutrients into our body more than anything else. So um, I actually suggest if you're starting, you know, with a 28 day fast start, do not radically change what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Also on day one, you know, we've all tried to do that. Right. You're like today's the day I'm going to start intermittent fasting and I'm only going to eat whole foods yeah. and you know, you're going to crash and burn. <laughs> I suggest works. that. However you're eating right now, stick with that with an idea of if what you're eating right now is ultra processed foods, you're going to want to slowly cut that back or, you know, as quickly as it makes sense for you. But you don't want to try to do too much at once. Mm -hmm. Also, if someone's been doing, let's say, keto for a while, let's say you've been doing keto for five months and you really are like, I am tired of keto. I want to eat other foods. Do not start intermittent fasting and reintroduce every food you have not eaten on the same day. Right. Don't do that. Stick with what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. Gradually change what you're eating. Just you don't want to try to do too many things at once. And let the body adapt Mm -hmm. because like like we've talked about, the body knows what to do. And if you stick with what you know right now, incorporate that intermittent fasting timeline plan. Right. The changes will start to happen. And therefore, what you what you find palatable or what you're wanting 
you might be a little more, you know, your body might start to direct you like, you know, salad would be really great right exactly. now. Exactly. And then you just start to crave it. And you're like, I'm to, having it. Yeah. yeah. And then that becomes your kind of new. Then you look at your fridge and your pantry a year later. And it's like, wow, there is some different It's so different. It's going to be so know. different. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, if you're someone who you already know that you feel better and you lose weight and you're happier eating a lower carb approach, then you don't need to like start adding in, you know, cake and cookies. You know? right. <laughs> if you already know that doesn't work well for you, you know, intermittent fasting will probably allow you to fit more things in, but it's not going to make some things magically work better for right. you than when they didn't before. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Wow. Well, okay, so I know that people listening are going to be like, okay, where do we find her? So we want it on the website. Um, um, clearly, your books are on Amazon, but your website, you're in all your social media platforms. How can people find you and learn more from you? Like, where, how can they find you and be taught? <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> if you go to jenstevens.com, G I N Stevens with a P H, jenstevens.com, I have links to things there, all, all my books. Yeah, it's and, a great website. Um, it's all thank it's you. so user friendly. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am no longer on Facebook. I left Facebook um, March of 2021. One, um, just because it had taken over my life. I had, a, had um, several large communities of, we had almost half a million combined wow. members in the wow. groups. And so I was, it, it had yeah. gotten to be a, the point where I was no longer, you know, living my life, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, it can <laughs> so take over pretty quick. It did. So I shut down the groups that I was actively managing and I took my community off of Facebook. Um, and you can find that on jenstevens.com slash community. But it's it's really, it's a lot smaller. It's okay. it's a paid community. There is a community on Facebook that is run by moderators. It's um, Delay, Don't Deny, Intermittent Fasting Support. Um, but I am not there. And the moderators have a, a daily thread called Ask a Moderator. And you can ask, you know, questions like, can I drink chamomile tea during the fast? The answer is no. <laughs> it does not have a bitter flavor profile. You don't even need to go yeah. ask that question. Can I add lemon to my water? The answer is no. I'm just going to tell you now. <laughs> I read that 50 calories doesn't break a fast. Is that true? The answer is no. <laughs> but the moderators will answer those questions. Okay. Even if you go ask them 100 times, yeah. they will tell you. Okay. <laughs> but um, jenstevens.com is really the best place to, you know, to, right. to find everything that I've got. Links to my podcasts. You know, for someone who's in Intrigued, I would get Fast Feast Repeat. Um, I love Delay Don't Deny. That was my first book, but I wrote it in 2016. And then I learned a lot more working okay. with members, you know, hundreds of thousands of members over the years. And I put all that new stuff into Fast Feast Repeat. Right. So I think it's a better book. Now, someone who hates to read, you can listen to it on Audible. Um, right. Delay Don't Deny is shorter if you want to read that. It does have some different stuff in it. You might really like it, but Fast Feast Repeat is most up to date. Um, also, you can listen to my intermittent fast. Fasting Stories podcast um, because every every episode is a different story. Oh, nice. And, okay. You know, we've had millions of downloads. I, you know, just since I only have data going back through March of 2020 because that's when I changed um, hosting platforms. But we've had, gosh, almost six million downloads since then. Wow. I know. So a lot of people are listening to intermittent fasting stories, and a lot of people listen week after week after week because every story is different, and you can find something in there to inspire you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was really interesting and very informative. Um, and I would, um, 
I've actually I've ordered the book. I was hoping it would have got here before um, before the podcast, but it didn't. So I'm looking forward to actually reading it. Um, well, enjoy I do it. encourage you, any of you that are listening to you know, really check out the website. There's so much information there, and, and any anywhere you'd want to find Jen, anything you'd want to know, you can access it through the website right. for sure. Um, but thank you again for joining us. It was a pleasure to meet you. I can't well, wait so to welcome. have you back on the show. Um, I'm Coach Tanya here with you today on Strong by Design. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to uh, give us a five-star review. And please, share the podcast with someone. Share this. This is great information today. So somebody that you know in your life that would really learn something from this, pass this along. Tanya Fines with Jen Stevens. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.